This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I am your host, Arzu, and with me is a fellow waffle, Maggie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here to talk about, I think, one of our favorite things yes. lately. <laughs> Tempest Runner, Kevin Scott's High Republic audio drama, the first High Republic audio drama, hopefully not the last, centering on the queen, Lorna D herself. I am obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> we love Lorna D. I think we, I, at least I speak for myself when I'm like, I thought she was cool before, but post Tempest Runner, she is shot right up there in my list of characters for the High Republic. Same. Just, yeah. Just because of how much she gets in this and just how many lives she's lived. Mm -hmm. I was like so indifferent to her in the books. And I think that was because like, we didn't really get a lot of her. We just got her being, you know, deceptive and a Nile and all of that fun stuff, but she didn't have a personality yet. Now I'm like, girl, I feel you. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Like before I was like, okay, she like works with Martian, I guess, like, I feel like they know each other, they have a history, which clearly, according to this audio drama, maybe not so much, but I'm like, they have some kind of history, I'm interested to know more, and then now I feel like the stage is being set for her to, okay, sorry, I forgot to say spoilers for Tempest Runner, like, right off the top, we are talking everything, but I feel like by the end of Tempest Runner, we're really setting up Lorna to, like, take Martian on, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. By the end of this, I'm like, Martian, you're in for a world of hurt. Your your days are numbered. And honestly, I might have to side with Lorna. Y you know what? <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong. And I think she might have the most, like, invested in the Nile and their survival and perseverance against the Republic. I mean She's been She's been through it. Yeah, she she really has. I feel like I almost feel like her stance on the Republic is almost maybe not the Republic, but people living in the Republic is almost inclined to be more sympathetic now than maybe Martians just because of everything she goes through. Because I do think she came out of this changed. So I agree. okay. So let's let's back up. So this audio drama is set shortly, I guess, after the events of Out of the Shadows. And Lorna and her Tempest are attacking a communications tower. And it goes horribly wrong several different ways. She winds up faking her own death, but gets arrested anyway. And is taken to a correctional facility on a ship and uses the name Sal. So they don't know that she's Lorna D. The Republic is all under the impression that Lorna D is the Eye of the Nile and that Lorna D is dead. She so, would like to be the Eye of the Nile. I, I really think she would be. They're walking around going, Lorna D, Eye of the Nile. And she's like, I like the sound of that. But so the audio drama kind of cuts between her present day in the correctional facility and then like flashbacks for like, how did we get here? So her being in the facility for as long as she was and like making the friendships, because I do think they were friendships that I she agree. did and coming out with her whole new crew. I do think she has a new perspective that maybe the Nile doesn't share. Mm -hmm. But I'd be I'd be interested to see where that goes in wave three. I know. I really hope that we see some of these characters that she quote unquote befriended, especially one in particular that I just, I want to know if that particular character survived or not. 
let's 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 kick it off with that then. So I assume we're talking about John. Yes, you and I talking about ships. What a shock! I am thoroughly shocked. This is so off brand for us. So the way it ends with John is that kind of ambiguous note of did she or didn't she kill him? And I would like to think she didn't. I don't know who she shot in that case because it was it was between him and I'm blanking on her name. Is it Quinn? I thought it was Quinn, but I I think it's the other one. I think it's the other Twilight. The one that had the daughter. Yeah. Or the children. The two sons. The two sons. Two sons. I don't know why I thought it was a daughter for some reason. But can I just say how much I loved the voice actor for John? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, can you please read books to me? I need your voice to go to sleep now. Credit to Dan Bittner. Amazing job. Love Truly. So, okay. So it's Seston? Oh, yeah. Seston. So it's either John or Seston who got shot in the end. And Seston survives. So clearly she's fine. So the question is whether or not she killed John, and I'm kind of hoping she didn't, so that he can pop back up and remind her of her heart. <laughs> a redemption arc for a villain. I'm who, so shocked that thought? you would want this. I also, generally don't like this kind of stuff, but, you know. <laughs> also, like, the fact that his his days are numbered anyway, because he's, like, obviously very sick, really hits and my hurt comfort feels. And I was like, look, you don't have to kill him now. You can, like, mercy kill him down the road if you have to kill him. But have some fun first, Lorna. You've been through a lot. She she truly, truly has. So let's let's take it back. Let's go back to Lorna's, to her childhood on Aloth. So we kind of knew from Out of the Shadows because I think Nan comments that Lorna sometimes slips into, like, a higher class accent. Mm-hmm. He speaks. Um, that she came from money. So her father was the governor, I guess, of the Twilight Colony on Aloth. And they are having financial trouble because the Republic is sus and takes a cut of money from the money that they send to Ryloth. Or directly, they take it directly from Aloth. But either way, the people are suffering. Yes. Under the Republic. What a shock. Down with the Republic. So Lorna, um, with Bala, the the man she loves... Um, decides to kind of try to come up with a way for Aloth to either make more money independently or to sort of not rely on the Republic and Ryloth quite so much. And that goes extremely wrong very quickly. Again, shocked. So what we're like, I had a very specific vibe reading what happened with Lorna's family, like her siblings and her dad. But like, I wondered what your thoughts on all this were. I was shocked, but also I was like, yeah, you do strike me as like a woman scorned. Uh, and as soon as Bella was like, yeah, everything's going to be great. Like, we're just going to lock your family in this room. I was like, girl, he is he is playing you. And you are going right into the hand. <laughs> I, and as soon as the door, like, shut and, like, the other chick was still inside the room, I was like, blaster sounds, blaster sounds. Yep, yep, there they yeah. are. I, I felt really bad for her, but I also was like, you, this is why you're a ruthless B-I-T-C-H now, because you simply cannot trust anyone ever again. Do we do we know how old she's supposed to be at this I point? I don't think we ever got an indication, but she felt like she was like 17, like almost 18, like pushing it with the, I am my own person. 
Yeah. So like listen late, to me, dad. Kind of thing. Yeah. She still felt she felt way too young to be like an adult pushing it with her father like that. Yeah. It felt very teen rebellion. Which almost which makes it so much worse. Like truly. And I kind of got the impression that Bala was like maybe a year older than her, maybe two. Yeah, like sa- same age range. It's not mm-hmm. a huge, a huge gap. So growing up, I was hugely obsessed with um the Romanovs. <laughs> I got those vibes. Yeah. And just them being locked up during a revolution mm-hmm. and then shot with one daughter surviving. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, it's me, mama. It's Anastasia. <laughs> like, Lorna D, big time Anastasia vibes. And I didn't think that's what I was going to get. But wait, does that mean John is Dimitri? <laughs> Look, <laughs> yes, it does. I am so into this. That doesn't make Martian Rasputin, does it? If we're thinking in a cartoon context. Um, oh, no. Wait, what was that character that um, Ramin played on Broadway? Oh, the KGB agent. Yeah. That could be Yeah, that's better. That could be Martian. Let's go with the musical and not the movie. Because then Martian doesn't have to be Rasputin. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, good. Thank you for salvaging this. You're welcome. I can always salvage things with Ramin Kareem Kareem Lou. (laughs) (laughs) So Lorna goes from here to um, Bala being like, it's okay. Trust me. Knocking her out and then um, selling her into slavery. Zero to 100. This man is a piece of shit. Yes. So 100%. This, that was the point, I think, where I realized that this was going to get a lot darker than I expected from an audio drama because, like, neither of the other two quite, like, went quite this dark, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of, like, human trafficking and, like, getting drugged and, and things like that. Like, Dooku is, like, Jedi Academy Hogwarts. And, like, Aphra is basically the comics from a different point of view. So I feel like maybe... Maybe you you agree, maybe you don't. But, like, the High Republic tends to take things to further extremes than I think we've seen in canon otherwise. 100%. I'm in full agreement with you. <laughs> so where does she go from there? So she gets sold into slavery very short for a very short amount of time before the Jedi show up. Am I right? Well, I, I don't think we know exactly how long it's been. It's That's vague. Fair. I. Because I got the impression it had been, like, just, a, like, maybe a month. But yeah, at the same time, it was so vague. I think they probably did that purposely so that in the future, if they want to go back and expand on that, either in a comic medium or in flashbacks, that they have room to wiggle. Yeah. I guess that's the nice thing about not committing to any one particular timeline. And I've noticed they're doing that a lot with the High Republic. Like, they're running fast and loose on a lot of timeline stuff. Like, particularly Martian. Mm-hmm. Like, not to talk about Martian, but I feel like Less, though. <laughs> until we get the backstory from Charles in the comic, and even then I'm curious to see how fixed a lot of, like, age markers, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's... I think that's because they plan to like expand on things in the future and they're leaving that for maybe future writers or for future projects. One one concern I have with the upcoming um I have the Storm comic, like from Charles, is um the last time Charles wrote a I'm background still explainer comic was the, the Rise of died. Kylo Ren and, and then, you know, he died. And so then he D-word. <laughs> so I'm a little concerned that the Martian's fate's gonna be the same. I had the same I had the same concern like a couple nights ago. I was like sleeping peacefully and then I woke up eyes wide open like, oh my God, it's happening again because that'll be Christmas time again. It's I think it's it's meant to be 
it's coming out January, same time as the books. So I feel like if they're going to kill Martian, they'll do it in the Fallen Star. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, in the Fallen Star. And then, or maybe even Midnight Horizon, because we know that but, the, the YA we'll have, novels have no problem changing the status quo. But you quo. see, we'll most likely get it at Christmas time because of arcs. True. So I get to spend another Christmas traumatized <laughs> over over the Star Wars men that I love too much. I do. I do fear as much as I love Charles, <laughs> I am afraid that he is the harbinger of death unintentionally. We all say Cav knows what he did, but I don't it's think Charles. Charles. Charles needs to know what he's doing. Charles is like silent but deadly. Like he's not super active on Twitter, but he's out there plotting things, plotting pain, and we're just letting him get away with it. <laughs> I mean, look what he did to us in Light of the Jedi. Like, not to segue, but he killed all of those characters off that we, like, met in the first few pages that were, like, reading Jedi romance novels and, like, having a good time. And then they were all dead. He's like, are you invested in this employee and the cantina waitress? Sorry, they're both dead. And it's like, And we let him get away with it. We let Charles get away with this. Charles (laughs) Soule has gotten away with things for too long. We've let it get pinned on Cavan. We can't do this any longer. We have to take a stand. (laughs) We need we need Charles to face <laughs> High Republic justice. Not to not to keep dwelling on Martian, even though I am going to. But going back to what you said about them sort of setting up a plot point and then going back to fill it in later, one of the things we kind of see little hints of with Martian in both Light of the Jedi and The Rising Storm is is the way his father died. Mm-hmm. And like it seems like he just kind of died in Light of the Jedi, and Martian had nothing to do with it. And then in the Rising Storm, you kind of learn that no, he like delivered the killing blow, but he didn't like initiate it. Tempest Runner brings that full circle and closes it off, and we learned that the other Tempest Runners, so Pan, Ada, Kasav, and Lorna D, or mostly the first two, were planning on killing Asgar Ro anyway, and then Lorna kind of went ahead and took that initiative and did it herself because he was kind of, he he was one in a long trend of people, of men really, who wanted to harness her power and her abilities. And she just said, no. She was his greatest work. You know who else has great works? Yeah, I was like, plot twist. Uh, Asgard, uh, yeah, Asgard. I was like, Asgard? No, Asgard, <laughs> wrong fandom. Asgard and Lena So are they're secretly, they know in each bed other. together. Yeah. Wait, plot twist. Lena So is Martian's mom. Oh my god. Okay, listen. <laughs> no, but actually. <laughs> I'm just saying that could have been his like half-brother running around on Valo. Kit and Martian are siblings. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, formal no, I- petition to the High Republic team. We would stand behind this 100%. I'm, I'm here for it. Because how juicy the drama is. And like Martian was told that his mother was dead, but secretly she's with the Republic. She literally is the Republic. Why do you think she takes such opposition to the Nile? Because it's her ex. She wants to tear down her ex and doesn't realize her son is in charge. There That's you go. the thing. That's that, the plot twist. There you go. We just, we figured it out. You we don't need to the read Republic. The Fallen Star. Uh, we, we have the answers here. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Wow. So, so that took a wild turn. I think we need to circle back to Lorna just a little bit. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I totally enabled that. And I love every, (laughs) every second of that. Ooh, can I talk about something that I found frustrating with this audio drama? I, as much as I loved like the production side of things, I was very frustrated that they did not create new music for this because there was a lot of very recognizable musical cues from 
previous movies that absolutely did not fit the scenes that they were being played to, like at all. Yes, I I agree. I think this we would be very open to a High Republic soundtrack of some yes. kind. I need some of that. Um, what was that? Rec punk. Yeah, rec punk. Um, and I almost wonder if it had to do with like COVID issues like they couldn't get who they wanted to do composition they couldn't get an orchestra together so they're just like just piece it together with what we've got it's very possible but some of it i was like that is that is not a lorna d theme that no but everything else like the actual sounds i guess the foley work really worked quite well the voice Um, cast the voice cast was phenomenal Mm -hmm. um Still a little frustrated that we have, like, characters that we didn't have listed in the cast list. Yes, it does make it very hard to make, uh, to write reviews and make show notes if we don't know how to spell stuff. Yes, and we don't know actors' names, because I'm pretty sure there's a couple, like, minor characters that were not from the main voice cast, unless they can really change how they sound. Um, And yeah, that, that was, like, my two complaints, which I think are fairly minor in the scheme of things. I also want to mention that they had the opportunity to lay the Markian Martian issue to rest and chose to not do that. They chose chaos. Absolute chaos, which I feel like is what the Nile would want. But okay, so one thing I thought was interesting is after um, Lorna is sold into slavery, I thought the next step in her journey would just be the Nile finding her and then She's with the Nile from then on. But there is a whole segment of her life where she, like the Jedi come and find her. And then they're like, well, where do you want to go? We can take you home. She's like, I don't have a home. And then they take her to like a military academy, which I did not see coming. Like, first of all, I didn't realize the Republic had a military force because I thought that was a whole thing in the Rising Storm where they didn't. Maybe they don't have a military anymore, but she was with some kind of some kind of military force. Which winds up coming back to to bite her in the ass later when he one shows of, up. When one of the guys who was giving her a hard time then shows up to arrest her in the quote unquote present day. The one that she cracked over the head. Yeah. Rightly so, because he was being a dick. They were awful. I was like, this is such just this is like we hate men. Cause like every man that she encountered except for John is was the worst. A duty head. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) and even john lied to her yeah and i was like john you had the opportunity to be the exception in this story there is a reason there is a reason her entire crew by the end is entirely female yeah i support that i cannot wait to see her absolutely decimate marjun row in the nile so the i think the big like you and i both picked up on this like we picked up on this while reading is the idea of identity and yes. Lorna D's identity, which I think is like the thesis of the audio drama. I don't know if you'd agree with that assessment. Oh yeah. My, I mean, my whole review is called what's in a name. So that's true. That's true. I did read that review. So. <laughs> it's been a while. Time is meaningless. And so is, so is everything. Um, Except for the High Republic. The High Republic Republic is not not meaningless. meaningless. But I do think that that, like, like you said, like, what's in a name? Like, a big thing is made throughout the audio drama of, like, Lorna D's identity and what her name is. And, like, it starts with being, you know, Lorna D. And then it goes to, like, her, her, I guess, 
slave number and then Cadet Einan, which is her brother's name, and then back to being Lorna D and then back to being Sal and then and then being Lorna D once again, potentially Eye of the Nile later. And then that's a whole thing is she is Lorna D, Eye of the Nile as far as the Republic are concerned. So I was not expecting the audio drama to be like a search for identity. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I agree. Yeah. I think long story short, we loved it. I loved it so much. And okay, fun hypothetical. If we could get another High Republic audio drama, what would you want? I want it to be the Jedi, which I know is shocking. I I would love oh, yeah. to say Martian Row, but I would love I want to hear the kids. I want to hear Keeve. I want to hear Lula. I want to hear I want this whole next leg of the High Republic adventures with Crix being like, I'm going to take down the Jedi. I, <laughs> I want to hear that. I want to hear all of the, the the Padawans like dealing with that, and and of course Stellan Geos sprinkled in. But oh, also, just give me my boy. Just let him talk. Here's my fear. Also, oh no. What if I don't like the voices of like Alzar and Stellan? Um, <laughs> this is no this is no offense to the voice actress of Avar Chris. That was not the voice I was expecting from her. I get, I get it. It's, it's no shade to, um, to Mark Thompson, who does some fabulous work, particularly with the Thrawn audiobooks. But that's not the way I hear Martian. No, and I loved his Panetta. His pan was oh, his fan- was fantastic. <laughs> his Martian left something to be desired. It's. I think it. I understand the intent. I understand mm-hmm. it is meant to be like a big menacing presence who in actuality is quite young. And I yes. understand the the juxtaposition. But when he looks like Henry Cavill and <laughs> yes. doesn't sound like Henry Cavill, it is a little jarring. It's very jarring. And honestly, like kudos to Mark for being able to do such a wide range of voices because the duality between Martian Rose voice and Pan Ada is honestly inspiring oh a hundred percent like like i like mark thompson does excellent work it's just i think it just comes down to preference at the end of the day oh yeah a hundred percent i was like martian and avar were the two that i was like eh, these are not what i picture in my head head because like honestly avar to me sounds like uh sofia Martino from loki mm-hmm. like that's the voice i picture or like jody whitaker like somewhere in between their two voices yeah and I felt like she sounded like Donna Murphy. She did sound like Donna Murphy. <laughs> she did in the that's exactly who she sounded like. And I was like, ah, huh. Kind of glad I don't hear Elzar or Stellan because I'm afraid now. Oh, it would break me. I don't even know if I want to hear what Elzar like, is. What happens sound like. if Elzar does not have a sexy voice? <laughs> I feel like Elzar Man, the sexiest man in the galaxy, in his mind, would have to have a sexy voice. He have you seen the um, potato peel pie society? Yeah, the Guernsey Literary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them, them peeps. Uh, Michael Hus- Mis- Michelle Hoosman. I can't say his name right, but yeah, him. I know who you mean. Him. That's how I picture Elzar Mann's voice. Oh yeah. And so, if it doesn't sound like that, I'm I'm concerned with things. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's a little soft spoken, and then. Mm-hmm. Stellan sounds a little like more stern. Exactly. But like kind. Stellan's got like the PR voice. 
He's got a PR voice and then he's got his non-PR voice. Yes. And he changes it. Yes. He's definitely somebody that's got like his his private and his professional. And I'm not saying I'd like an entire audio drama of Stellan's private life, but... Um, <laughs> it's just him sitting at home reading. My sweet dorky boy. And being like, oh, I've had a really stressful day. I just want a good holo novel and a nice glass of blue milk and <laughs> a nap. Take <laughs> back in his little Jedi dorm room and read. Yes. He's like cross-legged on the bed, like reading and drinking. It's very cute. I wish you could see my face. I'm about to pass up. <laughs> um, on that delightful mental image, I think we're going to wrap this up. So Maggie, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? You can find me at Maggie of the town over on Twitter. I have a link tree in my bio to all of my various pursuits, which include being the managing editor over at Your Money Geek, uh, writing all sorts of Star Wars articles and reviews. I also have uh, Let's Talk About Star Wars, which is my Star Wars YouTube channel over on YouTube, obviously. And then I am a co-host over on the Outer Rim Beacon. You can find all of that in my link tree. I do so much more on top of all of that. As for me, you can find me personally on Twitter at Arzuamin, and that is also where you can um, find all updates for Space Waffles. Geeky Waffle-wise, you can find us at thegeekywaffle.com, which is where we have links to all of our shows, including Maggie's. Um, we oh, are yes. Also- I have a Geeky Waffle show. <laughs> yes, Starbucks lovers. And um, we have... Our other shows as well, all of which you can find at thegeekywaffle.com. Um, you can find the network on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at the Geeky Waffle. And we are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Geeky Waffle, which is where you can get access to our Discord server and waffles after dark. So thank you so much for listening. Lorna D is a queen, and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>